Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your cause. Happy Friday, Edwin. Happy Friday, Andrew. We have come to the end of our week, but it is a new day for a new month. March 1st. We had an extra day yesterday, but now it's just a normal old day in the year. Yeah, we were expecting to have March 1st. Yeah. February 29th was a bonus. February 29th was I a bonus. I think of all those leap year babies, you know, and every four years they get to have their, their birthday yeah. again. But before we get back on Tech Talk next week, I just need to go ahead and shout out, Marita will have had her birthday. Oh. So I'll say happy birthday today. I'll probably say it again on Monday. You know, uh, my, my dad actually also is having a birthday over the weekend. Well, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. There we go. March 3rd for us. But um, all right. So First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4. Let's just get back into that. Let's wrap up this week talking about God's love for us. Verse 12 on to the end of the chapter in the English Standard Version. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. I love verse 19. It's like one of my favorite verses in the Bible. We love him because he first loved us. Yeah, I got a question for you just real quick on that. Uh, Because I caught the other day that the New King James there says we love him. Is the him in italics in yours? Um... No. Okay. But so there must, is, but there is a textual. Must be note. a manuscript. Yeah, it's a manuscript, manuscript difference okay. there. Okay. All right. It is not I was just, I was just interested. Yeah. Yeah. We love him because he first loved us. Or it's, it's another we one love. of those. Yeah. It's another one of those that when you're done with it, it's it's not going to change the meaning of this yeah. because he's already pointed out. You know, the the one that doesn't have him just talks about loving God and the brother. It includes yeah. all of it. But the whole context points out if you love God, you love the you people. Love so the it's, brethren. it's all there, whether that word was there in the original or not. It, it is all there. But I what what I'm taken with is about who initiates love. Yeah. And the beauty is God initiates love. God loves first. God goes first. God loves first. Yeah. God loved me before I loved him. He didn't yeah. wait for me to love him. Yeah. He didn't wait for me to come around to serving him properly. And he didn't wait for me to love my neighbor or my brother or my family or my enemy. He's not up there saying, look, you start loving. And if you love, I'll love you. And I think of this in relation to our, our talk yesterday a little bit about the, you know how perfect love will drive out fear. Um, I know that God is perfect. I know that God loves perfectly. And I, I think that I find a great comfort in this and a great assurance that maybe settles some of my own fears mm-hmm. uh, about about God's love. You know, that I, I personally know I kind of made a little list here. So, yeah, know, go some for of it. my fears. But I, I can fear that uh, my my love won't be returned or reciprocated. I know that mm-hmm. uh, I, I can 
fear that with other people. Yeah. That uh, if if I yeah. go first and if I say I love you, well, what are they going to say to that? Right. And what if they don't say what I want them to say? Right. And I was watching the Super Bowl recently. Um, I know this is going to drop several and By the time weeks, this drops, it's not quite as recent. I got to yeah. say, uh, people are going to be like, yeah, I kind of remember that when it was a good one. <laughs> What struck me was, and I was having a conversation about this with some guys the other day, the, the broadcast signed off, and you got two uh, announcers there. You got Tony Romo, and you got uh, Nance, Jim Nance, the CBS guy. And Tony Romo was like, I love you, man. <laughs> and Jim was like, and I love you. <laughs> okay, I didn't get to see that. But when you throw that out there, I love you, what, what, what is someone supposed to say? In return to that, right? And, you know, Tony Roman just brings a whole lot of love to the commentator booth. I ditto. Say that. Yeah, ditto, right? But, I mean, I kind of laugh about that, but, I mean, uh, you know, I, I can fear that it's not returned. I can fear that if I love someone, particularly if I try to initiate that love, well, what if they just use me mm. or take me for granted? Mm-hmm. Or even turn that around on me mm-hmm. and abuse me in some way. Mm-hmm. I, I have fear about that. I I can fear that I am that I'm quite unlovable. You know, I look at myself in the mirror and might have those thoughts sometimes. Um, why would anyone love me? Hey, I get you know, it. I, I get that. I, I have that troll. exact. I have that too. <laughs> I have that too. I that's. And I can tell you that even as I've been reading the chapter this week, and I know that the purpose of the chapter is to perfect love and cast out fear and have great confidence or boldness that I'm in the Lord. I've actually been reading this and think, well, what if my love is too weak towards the brethren? Yeah. What if my love is not in truth or in deed or in truth or in deed enough uh, you know, if I'm not loving these brothers, mm-hmm. well, what's that mean? Is God not loving me? Is my love not perfect? I yeah. Mean, and this then becomes a fear as well. That's true. And so, you know, I, I know that and sometimes just even talking about love this much is going to make some people feel just uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, the complete. So, and, and I say all that to say, but then I, but then I come back to this verse that says, I love, we love. Because he loved right, first. Right. So he loved first, which means he didn't wait around. He didn't wait around. But I think it also points out what prompts my love, what grows my love. Mm-hmm. When I come at this from the standpoint of, oh, oh, love is now the new legal requirement. I better love better. Can you give me the rules for love? I need, what, what exactly is love? Kind of like, who is my neighbor? Yeah. You tell me I love my neighbor, I, yeah, who is I gotta, my neighbor? I got I to gotta know. What, what, are the, what are the rules? What are the rules about love? And I'm just going to try harder. I'm just going to try harder to love. I'm just going to try harder. Um, but if instead uh, what I do is say, mm, I'm going to spend some time with God and his love and read about his love and learn about his love, I'm just going to kind of marinate in that. I'm going to meditate on it. What I may be surprised to find happening is I start loving better. Hmm. When I spend time at the foot of the cross, which, as John points out, is how he came to know that the love God has for us. And I start letting that sink into my mind and form my thinking and form my feeling. I think I'll be amazed at how love takes over. And I, I think about this. Just think about marriage. When, If at the marriage ceremony years ago for both of us, if, mm. if in the middle of that ceremony we had turned to the officiant— 
and said, hey, do you have a list of rules for how I'm supposed to love this woman? Um, our, our wives might have said, uh, you know what? I don't. <laughs> I, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. But what they want us to know is, hey, you're supposed to love me. And, and that doesn't necessarily come with this list of rules. And I'm not, I don't want to say that there aren't rules. There, there are legal requirements well, in God's yeah. law of the new covenant. I, I, so I don't want to go to that place. But, but the thing is, if what I have is the motivation that says, I love you. I do love you. I love you. I want what is best for you. I want what will save you. I want what will bring you closer to God for all eternity. Then, then all the re- requirements, those will actually end up taking care of themselves. Yeah. How I spend my money will get taken care of. How I spend my time, how I treat other people. You know what? How I relate to other women, how I relate to other men. All those things, those will actually just kind of get taken care of because I am following love's demands. I love you. I love my wife. I love my brothers and sisters. I love my neighbors. I even love my enemies when that is really what is motivating me. And today's action, this thing, this thing that I'm about to choose to do is really motivated by loving you God's way. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to now, I, certainly yeah. I need to spend time in the word because I may misunderstand and I need to have that corrected. I, I get that. And I don't want to deny that side of it. But uh, in general, John's point is, look at God. He did it first. He paved the way. He showed us how. Spend time meditating on that. You'll grow in it. I read something a number of years ago, and I'm, I'm failing to remember the name of the book right now, but the, the statement has hung with me. Uh, God will never love you any more or any less than he does right now. Yeah. And I, I really see the truth of that rooted in some of these uh, things we read in First John 4 this week, that he did love first, yeah. um, that he did give his son as a propitiation for our sins, yeah. um, that no matter how unlovable or awful I'm being, it doesn't mean he doesn't love me. He may not approve. And in the end, if I spurn Christ and spurn his love, he will be a judge. Yes. But uh, he's not he is not looking for ways to send me to hell or anyone else to hell. His love has acted in a way to bring us together and for us to be together forever. I I heard something very similar. I mean, I've heard that. I love it the the way I heard it. And I I really like the way this is worded is that there is nothing I can do today. Nothing I do today will make God love me any more than he already does. Mm. And nothing I do today will make him love me any less than he already does. And I really like thinking about it that way. Again, you're right. That doesn't mean that that I'm in a right relationship with God. And that doesn't mean that I'm in a saved relationship. But what it means is no matter what I do today, he sent his son, Jesus. He wants me to be saved. He wants to be in fellowship with me. He has extended that love. And there's not anything I did today that caused him to say, oh, wait, no, hold on here. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm pulling that back. I'm pulling that back. I didn't expect you to do that. Now you've crossed the line. We're done. Yeah. There, there's nothing like that. And but but at the same time, I don't have to do things today to try to get him to love me. Right. He already loves me. Right. And I know that because he sent his son. Yeah. At knowing that, and I'm, I'm going to come back to this that we said the other day. Christians, who who, who understand the gospel, actually are the only people in the world who know how God loves Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, because, because we having accepted this sacrifice, I mean, if he would sacrifice his son, Andrew, right. 
what would he not do? Mm-hmm. What would he not do? Yeah. Every he would do anything and everything to save us. I mean, I guess the only thing he won't do is make us be saved. Yeah. He won't make us. But he has extended his grace. He has offered his salvation. He has revealed his word. He has sent his spirit. He has paved the way. Yeah. He has shown the light. He has said it's this way. He said, look, I, I, the, come in. The water's warm. It's fine. It's great. You know, climb over the fence. It's great over here. I, you know, whatever way you want to say it, he has put all of that out there. Now it's, am, am I going to say, you know what, I'm going to love you back and I'm, I'm going to come into that. Yeah. And, and not only am I going to love you, but realizing who you are, I'm going to love your people. Yeah. I'm going to love your people because look, I mean, again, Andrew, I can't claim to love you if I hate your kids. Yeah. You're not going to feel like I love you if I hate your kids. No, I'm not. And so this is, this is the way it is with God. I love God. I love his people. And, and I'm going to live by that love in deed and in truth, not just in word and in talk. And that's the complete mature love. The complete mature love says, I love God, but what I'm not going to do is come up to God and say, yeah, look, I know I mistreated your people. I know I hated being around them. I know I didn't want to spend time with them, and I talked bad about them, and I cursed them, and I I, I said all kinds of mean jokes about them and made fun of them. I, I know that I belittled them, but but I love you, Lord. I love you. And John is saying, no, perfect love, mm-hmm. complete love, mature love. You can't say you love God right. if you don't love his people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of love that casts out fear. And he loved us first. And he did it first. He did it first. <laughs> he did it first. I can learn from yeah. him how to yeah. do it. That's right. I can learn from him how to do it. We follow his example. Thank you so much for joining us for Text Talk today. If you're in the Tampa area, come out and worship with us this Sunday, this Lord's Day. Go to our website, www.christiansmeethere.org, for times and location. Or if you want to, uh, you can, I think, see the live stream also there as well. We'd love to meet you and hear from you. Well, let's close out with a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you for your love. Amen. You love first. And with that risk and with that grace and with that sacrifice in Jesus Christ, Father, we are compelled to love you. And thank you for teaching us how to love and that we can practice it in loving our brethren. And we want to do that for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Okay. When did sorry, you push the button? I, I, had I, already, I, I had already put. I thought you had pushed the I'm button. I'm sorry. I thought, we I thought you had pushed the button. And defining our terms over here. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, okay. Uh, all right. We're going to edit that. <laughs>